0: Official, everybody, Halloween is over. My favorite holiday is is now a year away. It's come and gone. It went by way too quick. So I've been dealing with a a lot of heartbreak this week, um, or I should say, the last 24 hours, (laughs) because it hasn't even been a week yet. Uh, So I I want to ask right now, before I even do an intro for the show, before I do anything, does anyone uh, feel a little bit of heartbreak when Halloween's done? but then try to mend that heartbreak by picking up a bunch of half off clearance candy the next day. Is that bad? Is that bad? You don't need it. You don't need it at all. I mean financially and and definitely for your health, but it just it's it's like a little piece of comfort that you'll stick in the freezer and not touch till till spring. Oh boy. No better segue for the intro than this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm your very hyper host, Tyler. And that was my just shameless admission to how much I love Halloween. Uh, And if you love Halloween just as much as I do, maybe even more, which I don't think is possible. But if it is possible, go ahead and drop us a five star review. Leave us a review. It just it helps us gain more exposure across the globe on all podcast platforms and allows us to bring more wonderful guests on the show. So please take a second to do that really quick and I'll hop out of this voice. Now I am so stoked to share this episode with all of you. I had an absolute blast chatting with this week's guest. This is somebody I've, I've seen in a multitude of roles and projects over the last decade plus someone who's just incredibly talented and uh, it was just, yeah, a lot of fun to chat with. I, of course, am talking about Dorian Brown Fam. Now, she's an actor, she's a writer, she's a producer, she's a parent. And we dove into a lot of things in this episode, whether it was her getting into acting classes because she wanted to pursue a few celebrity crushes, to finding a, a real love for the performing arts and diving into, you know, theater, film, and TV and as her career blossomed and blew up, she looked at writing, taking courses, writing a pilot. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the, the whole writing process. And we also talk about raising a family while you're trying to, um, to maintain all this, while you are still an artist at your core. It was just an amazing conversation. I can't wait to have her back. So please, without further ado, please help me in welcoming the wonderful Dorian Brown Fam.
1: Hi, I'm Dorian Brown Pham. I go by all three names sometimes. I'm an actor and uh, hope to be a writer writing on the offside now, but hopefully I can do that professionally at some point.
0: Hope to be. Around. Have you have you written before, just to kind of play around with it, or is this your? Yeah, first? Yeah,
1: I do. I have. I've written. I had um, a pilot that I, I still have with a writing partner, and we had some really great attachments that we're kind of putting on the side. And then to write on my own, I do have a great pilot that I love. Um, it's very different to one-hour drama, and um, that that I'll be sending out in a little bit. But it's such a weird time right now for. For our industry that like I don't know exactly and I do want to do one more I kind of I like to over prepare so I just want to have one more before I really go out and like sell myself as a writer
0: oh basically. that's so cool I'm excited <laughs> for it yeah hopefully yeah. uh you know uh, as we're recording this you know the strike is still ongoing so yeah. we can reach a, a really good deal here pretty soon but you know speaking of all the craziness I the first thing I always ask everybody is how did you gain an interest into this crazy, you know nomadic industry we all live in and work in? How, when did that happen
1: for you? Um, this is it's, it's embarrassing because i I literally just started acting because I wanted to meet Leonardo DiCaprio. I thought that would lead me, <laughs> and I watched Pet Cemetery <laughs> too, and became obsessed with Edward for a long. Now I'm dating myself, but yeah, so I, I was really obsessed with those two boys back down in South Florida. When I was in, I think it was like fifth grade. I mean, I was little. And then, uh, so I sat and I was dancing at the time. So I told my mom, I was like, I really want to take acting classes, not telling her it's because I want to meet these two boys in the future. I think this is the really only the only way I can do that. And then, um, so I took acting class and obviously, you know, community theater, which I'm obsessed with. I love community theaters all around the country. And the one that I was so lucky to go to was my whole childhood. And that ended up being um, a really great, uh, you know, I obviously loved it more than I loved crushes on. (laughs) And luckily, um, and that was uh, my first show in the class. There was like a, you know, showcase at the end. I mean, I I really was like in sixth grade by now. And um, oh, I was just so I made people laugh and that was like, I didn't know I could do that. And it was just the best experience. I can still remember every feeling of it.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I do love that it started with crushes.
1: <laughs> For sure. Isn't that really how most people really do it? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, when you're little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I don't know, just watching, I think certain episodes of a, a sketch comedy series that would air on a weekend night that i won't mention there is a yeah. performer by the name of sherry O'Terry that i had a huge yeah. crush on
1: oh how so funny! How that cute. was a
0: like oh well maybe i can so something very similar to yours too that's just so cool and oh, then it transcends like, how
1: will how does how do our my earpod just fell out can <laughs> you how do our two worlds connect you know yeah. like how will my world ever connect with their world like it's ever going to be. And then I did end up, this is so ridiculous. So in my early twenties, I did end up going to a club, you know, whatever uh, I was go I was probably 22. So before I met my now husband and I was out and Edward Furlong was there with his wife, I think. Um, And I, I literally, I said to my friend, I was like, oh my gosh, the reason I am standing right here is because of that man, whatever. And he was just like, I told him too, I'm such a, yeah. an, and I told him and he was like, well, oh, cool. <laughs> and then I actually tested with him. Oh my gosh. It was just like full circle. It was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. It was actually for a theater in North Hollywood at some point. And then I was like, I'm not going to bring up that. I literally embarrassed myself, you know, <laughs> however many months ago, I mean, it was within that same year, I think.
0: No, what, seriously. Yeah. yeah Did he seriously.
1: I didn't I, No, he didn't seem okay. to. And then I wasn't going to remind him.
0: Yeah. it'd be funny if you had that plan of I'm not going to mention it and you walk in and he goes hey can you
1: imagine no (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll be straight that's a you know we all have our moments but he was definitely uh not in the state of remembering that Mm. night I think you know what I'm saying
0: yeah oh yeah yeah okay okay I (laughs) I hope most of our listeners are all educated in the history of Edward Furlong
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: well with that sort of uh, transitional period from <laughs> joining for crushes to figuring <laughs> out that you really do love right. it, and it's just something that you fit into. What about it after that was was always grabbing you because it is it is a really cutthroat industry. You know, it's more right. no's than yeses. So as you were getting older, maybe going from college or going from high school into college, like what kept you on that track, or did you at any point think maybe I'll do something else just in case?
1: I didn't. I think I could do anything else. I could or would do anything else. I, I wasn't really great academically. Um, I loved school. I love studying. I love researching. But I was I was a terrible test taker. That was back, also back when SATs were everything to get into college. So very low. So I was like, OK, maybe I'll audition to get into schools. I really wanted to go to DePaul. And then um, I really wanted to No, DePaul was my number one. Cause I didn't want to fill out that Northwestern or that NYU application. I remember. So I thought, and DePaul was DePaul's was really small at the time. So I was like, I just wing it on my audition. I got on the wait list, but then I ended up going to Hofstra. I I knew I needed to get out of Florida. Um, And so I went to Hofstra, which is like a, um, it's a, it's, it's sort of like a regular school, you know, they have a football team, they have a, can you hear my dog whining? Oh my God, I'm sorry. Oh Um, no, 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 it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, she's upset. She wants to be a part of this conversation. Um, so, um, so I thought, I I thought, Oh, I'll get a, I'll get like a four-year normal college experience. It was in New York. It was like in Long Island or on Long Island, I should say. And, um, they actually rebuilt their, the globe. So the the Globe Theater. So they would rebuild it every other year and had a nice Shakespeare festival there. So I s- sort of got classically trained there for three years. And then on the fourth year, this was like the big selling point. You could go into the city and um, take classes at SFT. Um, and I, uh, gosh, I took classes with the, the, best, the best acting teacher, I think, of my whole life so far. His name was Richard Southern. It was so great. And he gave me so many tools and just, I think it was just a semester. Um, and I had been four years at Hofstra, but this one semester with him and it was on camera and everything else was on stage. And when I got on camera, I realized, Oh, I don't have to worry about like my voice and I don't have to worry about filling an entire theater. Cause I always had a big issue with that. Um, and I can just be small and internal and, and that's readable and so that was really that was really cool uh once that hit that's when I was like oh, I'm I'm not ever thinking about anything else wow and then I graduated wow. and then yeah so then it was like perfect timing
0: yeah did you just decided you know from then there I'm going to focus on tv and film
1: 100 I wanted to quit college at that I literally was like oh my, I love this so much can I just start now you know I want I want to do oh, this wow. now um but I finished and, um, my parents were like, are you kidding me? You know, you, you need to just finish. And so I did, of course, um, went back home for a month worked or a month, a year worked with my parents, um, to, and then I came out to California. I felt like a lot of my friends stayed in New York, but I felt like that was, that felt like a struggle for some reason. It felt like, you know, going to the grocery store was difficult. (laughs) Like I'm just used to getting in the car and driving that felt less difficult. So I just, California had a, a vibe of that I was used to coming from Florida. New York just felt more of a struggle for me, so I just knew that that was a better place. So my one friend, who now does workshops in California and l a, if any actors ever need to do some self tapes, he's really good. Um his name's Jeremy Cohenar, and he we kind of he came out like a month before me, and then I came out and hung out like couch surfed on his in his apartment and then got a place. So it was just like the two of us from Hofstra. It was pretty great.
0: Oh, that's so good. It's it's a very um. I don't want to say traditional LA story, but it is nah. one of those. You know the the point of origin for moving to LA. You know, you're with a friend, or maybe you're living yeah. in a garage house behind somebody's Absolutely. retired. D- I definitely
1: home. did that. I definitely did that. Did really? it was all the way. Yeah, my mom knew one person, and she was in Palos Verdes, which I don't know if anyone knows. It's like it's like an hour from LA. So I got a job uh, in Beverly Hills at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And I would travel every day from Palos Verdes, which is an out, like, and then go into work and then go back home at like 11 or 12 at night. And because that was the only place I could live. I mean, Jeremy can only give me his couch for a couple days or whatever, the weekend or something. But I was living in this like back house. Um, My mom's like, I know one person in California. And so I'm like, call her up. (laughs) She has a guest house. So um, that lasted about a month because the driving was just crazy.
0: Yeah, I've heard some horror stories about trying to make it to traffic. an audition. <laughs> yeah, the traffic.
1: <laughs> traffic is insane. <laughs>
0: That's why I thought, eh, I'll stay in Denver for a little bit and see what happens and just kind of go from there. But I mean, yeah. how long between, you know, moving into the, the back house and then maybe your first onset experience, how how long was that for you?
1: You know, things happened. Like in it, it felt like it was an eternity, but it was really fast at first. Um, um, My no's started coming sort of later. My yes, Mm -hmm. I got a a lot of, I was really lucky that I got a lot of yeses in the beginning. Um, But I I mean, I did get, I I got cast my first on set experience. I didn't quite make it to the set. So I'm sure you're familiar with the multicam situation where like, you know, you have the table read on uh, day 1 and then um day 2 could be the you know the rehearsal and then maybe i think the studio comes and then day 3 the network comes and then so you don't really shoot it till friday right uh, day 5 so um i got cast my first job i got cast as a co star in a sitcom and um i made it went to the table read and i I didn't I was recast. They did not keep me on that. So oh, so no. that was my first I mean <laughs> it's happens and so that was my first um hire that was my first job but I didn't make it to set. And then the second time, oh man, I oh, I prepared like crazy. It was on um a, another show with our president of Sag after right now. I got to work with her, Rand Drescher. Um it was on her show and that was a wonderful experience. Um, so that, that experience was also a sitcom and, um, making people laugh, you know, felt like theater, but yet it was still, you know, cameras. It's just like, yeah. it was the best.
0: Oh, I'm sure you were just like over the moon.
1: <laughs> oh, I was over the moon. I was so happy. I was so happy. They actually brought me back. Um, Misty Tria, I think she was the sister and, um, she was sick for a week and Fran mentioned my name to say, can she come back? and sort of just workshop through her stuff. So we don't have a missing body. And um, yeah, so like I shot my episode, and then they brought me back just for like, you know, to help out while Misty was out, obviously not shoot it, but she was so sick, then she came in and shot it. And then, you know, but there was a body there, so we could get the timing and get the, you know, it was really nice, it was oh, really man. nice. But the great thing about working when you do work, and when you do meet people, you get You know, you keep you can keep it up and you can always if you need like as a writer now, can you read this? Can you give me notes? Can I you know, everybody really likes to help everybody out. You know, it's like pay it forward out here. And I'm sure in Denver. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's grown. I've been doing this for 10 years and it's grown exponentially since then. It's just been insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, the same thing where you can bring your your writing to somebody and they're not going to say, oh, I loved it. Oh, it was so yes, good. Please
1: don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Just make it bleed. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> just go insane. Yeah. Um, and I can only because I've only been to L.A. a few times. I've never you know lived there, but I have friends out there who have that that same journey, and mm-hmm. I always wondered, you know, when do you, if you do, when do you decide in L.A.? You know, I'm going to pursue this as my career. You know, instead of kind of keeping your foot, I don't want to say half in the door and half out. But when did you decide, all right, well, I'm getting some traction. Maybe I'll just, I'll do this as my job. Did you have a moment there where you realized that?
1: Well, my, my, you know, my bank account told me like, okay, I can just focus on this. <laughs> I mean, cause I never had any intention of doing anything else. There was no, I mean, I worked oh. at, I worked at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse for like for two and a half years and P, and they tried to get me to become a, a server. And I remember looking around and just being like, everybody's been here for a really long time. Uh, you know, I love. I love. We became a family, but I was like, I, I don't want to get too into, too too deep, to yeah. this restaurant. You know, like <laughs> I just, I just want to half half out the door. I'm not going to be here that long. You're like, I don't want to learn everything <laughs> and everyone I just want to be a host. I don't want to be a server. I'm just gonna stay right here and smile and see people. I can't get in too deep. Yeah. And then. Um, but I, it's funny because honestly, for me, during the pandemic is when things really changed. Um, so I have two kids, and then I really had to start homeschooling them for a while. so i it was it it was more that's when I thought, well, I might not be able to do this forever. So, um, I actually, Thought I, I did some social work. I did social work for a couple of years um, because I couldn't get back in. Uh, um, the industry changed and I despise self-tape auditions. I actually mm. hate them so much and I'm not good at them. And just acting by myself is not interesting to me personally. I just, it's not. And I, I want to get back in a room so bad. Um, so I've been like so. Now my foot is half out the door. I'm, I'm, you know, not only writing and acting when I can, when I'm asked to or whatever, but I work um, at a middle school three days a week because I just that's what I was doing for. We're on my third year now of working. It was two years of social work, and then this third year is, um, you know, uh, not. It's more working with the parents, not with the students. But but that's fulfilling as well, and I also gives me a lot of story great story ideas and it gets me out of my head. Um, and I know the industry is always there. Like when I, when I, uh, myself and it is ready to like meet again, I know we will for sure. Yeah. But right now, yeah, I know my kids, it's some, there's that it's always been the industry and now it's definitely more my family It's just like, okay, we need you a little bit more right now. Yeah.
0: I mean, have you noticed your, <laughs> we'll get into the, the supreme hatred for self-tapes, but the, um, you know, the, the, idea that most people in their, you know, their late teens, early twenties get into the industry and it's all they think about is just, you know, booking it and getting through. But once yeah. you have a family, you have further responsibilities. I have friends who weren't really booking at all the first eight years. They got married, they had a family that's their world. And then suddenly they start booking like crazy. And mm. I think there's a, a correlation between, you know, finding happiness outside of the industry mm. and then your ability to go into an audition and not feel all that pressure that you did before, you know, cause yeah. you have a, another, have you noticed that? I mean, talking about self tapes specifically, have you noticed an ability to just fall into the scene, get it done, submit it and not overthink it with this, you know, new part of your life?
1: Mm. You know, I didn't realize for me, it's about the pressure that really drives me. And I didn't realize that until I had to start self taping a lot. I mean, I would, I put a lot into the self tapes, but it's the adrenaline, I guess, for me, it's the teamwork, it's the eyes on me, which I was surprised to know that, uh, that about me, but I was, but that's really what it is. That it might be a bit of competitiveness as well. Um, you know, like I, I thought I hated auditions, but I actually missed them because, you know, for example, if you're like, oh, you're going into this one casting director who loves you, oh, great, okay, I'm going to go in, and and for some reason, you just, I just for would always, or if I had to prove myself to this one casting director, it was just a, a higher level of focus. So that's what drives me more. I guess it's always just kind of been proving myself. And when I'm self-taping, uh, I don't feel I'm proving anything, <laughs> you, you know, like, and yeah. I'm not communicating yeah. with anyone. And I, I I make my husband tape, but I, we're in our little garage studio out here and I make him not face me because I can't act in front of him. He has to turn around. And he has to go in the corner <laughs> and don't talk. I can't do it. And so my friend, my friend will do it FaceTime, but then there's always like a lag. And I just like, I just want to get back in the room. So I'm, just <laughs> well, I mean, it's terrible. I'm, te- you know, the, the commercial auditions too, they're all oh, self-tape and oh yeah. my God, I'm sorry. I'm a Debbie Downer when it comes to it. No. I just <laughs> Not at all. We can't were... wait. <laughs>
0: The last episode we recorded, we were talking about this, especially the commercial auditions that have been coming in. And you have, you know, for me, I have four by five feet of space to interact with the environment. So when you're having me do 10 to 20 different things within a 15 second period and make it look convincing, it's not going to be great on a self tape. (laughs) It's just not. No,
1: no. (laughs) And also like, I didn't know I was directing and lighting and like doing that. I just, am not, I'm, I'm too old. Like I don't want to <laughs> deal with it. I, I and it, yeah, I just, I'm like, I just would rather um, write, but I do, I do miss the teamwork. I miss the onset experience. I miss everyone having one goal, everyone be doing the best that they can do to get this one same goal. I, I I really miss that family. It's been a long time, but that, that is what, keeps me going and like keeps me sort of one foot in. I mean, mentally and in my heart, I am always completely in. If anyone calls mm-hmm. me and says, can you be here tomorrow? I would say 100% kids figure it out for yourself. I'll be there tomorrow, you know, but for all the uh, self tapes and all the things that I ha- kind of have to do on my own, I just have very little interest in that. Mm-hmm. I like to work with a team.
0: Well, I, I need to, I need to ask this cause I, Feel like a lot of people can relate who have partners who help them with their tapes. Do you guys get just an insane amount of giggles if he's facing you? Like, is there is there just some kind of weird laughter? We've been married too
1: long. We've been married too long for the giggles, for sure. We're we're just (laughs) I get real serious, and it's just you know, like I my kids are out in the house, and he's out here, and. He comes in, it's almost like, you know, it's a pain. So I wish I got the, if it's my friend um, and they know me very when it's a comedy, like I have this one group of friends from a sitcom we did very, very long ago. Um, I'd say about 20 years ago and it, it was terrible show, it was a terrible show, but the group, we, were, we had so much fun. And so I can call on them anytime and they're just like, yeah, let's read this real quick. Let's do this. And if it's any one of them, I get straight up giggles. If it's my husband, I get angry. <laughs> stop. Stop <laughs> laughing. You're ruining this for me. Uh, no. Do you get the gig are you married? Do you have the partner um, and you get the giggles?
0: We're not not yet. Uh oh. it's oh, hopefully she hasn't she hasn't listened to this, so it's fine.
1: Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> no, your you your your partner.
0: It's um no, she she she's amazing. She helps me read and she's wonderful at it because I We do have to do the, you know, hey, don't worry about putting on performance. Just read it the way anybody else would if they just were cold reading and then I can deliver what I need to deliver. But there are just some things that she pronounces or the way that she reads through a line that we just start busting out laughing. So it'll take 45 minutes for you know, a one page scene and it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun, but you know, towards the end, it's the same thing. It's like, I need you to to face a different direction because if I see (laughs) cheeks moving, I'm going to start laughing. That's (laughs) cute. Oh,
1: well, at least it's fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a better. better, Yeah. I mean, I used to be, but when we get that, I just, we're like, we have a self tape. We have to go do it. And then I, I wish I enjoyed it more. I really do. I try to find it and I enjoy it when I, you know, I, my friend Jeremy, I would go all the time and I enjoy it. Um, and if, and I'm paying, you know, too, but it's like, how much can I, it starts to get very expensive. You start paying a service for this and there's no end to the self tape situation. So it was like, I can't do this forever. Yeah. I did have a little workshop before the pandemic um, and I would tape actors and that was really fun for me. Um, I'm, And it it was doing really well, but then that, and that was, it was just a few months before And then once um, the pandemic hit, I was like, I I can't have people in my house, even in the garage, you know, even in the studio or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But then the technology, like the self-tapes really grew and the technology was growing. And I was like, I just kind of lost. Everybody was getting their own sort of studios inside their house. I mean, everyone had them, it seemed. Um, But you still have to find that that scene partner. I did find a few apps. I don't know if you found them like... um, I can't remember, but it's there's it's free where you can find like you can volunteer your time to sell to be a reader. And then somebody can be like waiting if you're like, hi, I need someone right now. And it connects you with someone. You don't have to pay.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, I uh, I know we audition is is the bigger one, right?
1: Ooh, I don't know about that one. Yeah.
0: I only know. I think I only know about that one. and Maybe one other one. Because uh, yeah. yeah, if you can't find a, a scene partner, I know people who yeah. you know do the old fashioned routine of recording their voice on another device I've done that. and then playing totally. it. Yeah. If you're in a it's pen- so
1: stressful. Yeah. Oh, you've got to you know. do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Guess i will try it out. Um but yeah, with with all the stress of, you know, last minute self tapes and the way the industry is right now and you know, us being on strike. On the other end, you know, your behind the scenes work. I wanna I wanna talk about that. So especially your your writing. Mm-hmm. What you know just sparked your interest in that because it's it is something really fun to think about until you start doing it,
1: mm-hmm. then
0: it's so much more work than people realize so when when did that occur for you? because that's really cool?
1: It's funny, thank you um i I really do enjoy it. i did I've always had sort of interests everywhere. My husband and I at one point we did a like an online babysitting agency because we really <laughs> needed a babysitter, and this was during a show that I was on um I think, I think I did it. It was actually within the first year of that show. Um, and I just sort of did it on the side because we, we needed a babysitter. If you don't have family in any state that you live in, not anywhere nearby, it's really hard to find a trusted babysitter anyway, going on. And, um, so we did this and I ended up going to like a convention, like a babysitting convention and I'm looking around and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm like, how did I get here? this babysitting convention? like where where did this bring me? So then I'm looking around and looking for story, just looking at all the different characters here. And I'm like, wow, these there are some really funny interesting stories right here. I mean, and so I just started i so I was doing a series, and then the director Randall Einhorn, one of my most favorite people in the world, brought me in. um he was doing a campaign, Chevy campaign. He brought me in to do that, which was a like such a blessing, it was like a reoccurring sort of commercial campaign. Like, hello, oh it doesn't pay for my kid's whole preschool. It was so amazing. Um, <laughs> and so he, but at the time he said to me, he goes, I need some content. Like, uh, you know, uh, this network has hired me to, we have a development deal and I, I need some content because, and it was more of like in a conversation. I was like, I do have some ideas. So then I just went home not knowing how to write at all, but I've read so many plays and scripts at this point in my life, right? That I feel like, hey, it could be fine. I've read so many scripts, so I get <laughs> home and I just start writing scenes. I don't know what how to start or where to start, but I just had all these really funny storylines, and um, and then you know he read it and he's like, "That's actually really funny," but you know, no. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, okay, I guess I need to like take class <laughs> or whatever." So yeah. I, my friend, who's a novelist, she helped me with it, and that's how we started writing this pilot together. Uh, and it ended up doing really well, and then, um, and then I started taking courses. And I um, love, love, love just like diving in, not only with one character and maybe with the other characters. I mean, you, it's it's really having to do everybody's. Like you think about how the director might do it or how the other actors might do it. And I think like the most fascinating thing would be to cast to just watch other actors you know, take what you've written and, like, bring that oh, whole, yeah. Yeah. wouldn't I just, and I just think it's so cool, this whole industry that we're in, I would just love to be on that side one once, maybe a million, we'll see, you know, like, but <laughs> I just want to do it once, you know, and see how how other actors and, like, what their take is and how deep they went on something and you know, what, what other people come up with and then bringing them together in one room, I just like, it sounds fascinating to me because we do as an actor, all of it on our own. I mean, the imagination process is by ourselves. And then the magic is like when we all come together, you know, and, and have a conversation and it's, I never thought about where it originated from and what that thought process was. I just thought, oh, these are my words. I have to make them mine. And now they're mine as a writer, it's like, this person has thought of everyone's words. And I just find that it's also super challenging to have different people, different voices, different stories, different. So it, almost, it feels like it could never stop, you know, like the writing, it could never be finished. You know, yeah. I feel like I, I, I'll i send my friend one and then be like, oh, I'm just about to read it now. And I'll say, okay, wait, I've just made like three passes since I sent you that last one, you know? <laughs> I, <laughs> I absolutely. Keep going.
0: Oh yeah, it's it never I we just filmed a proof of concept two weeks ago. And I feel oh, so you bad. Filmed it? Friend. Yeah, I just um we used Filmic Pro on an iPhone just to, you know, save some money and just and do something. But oh. I uh, <laughs> my friend who's acting in it with me. Uh, I think I sent her probably 15 revisions in the span of a week just because it just, Oh, oh, well, you're great at this and you're, so I totally get, you know, it's constantly changing, constantly evolving, but it's also really cathartic to see somebody say your lines in a whole new way you didn't expect. Right. That's
1: cool. Mm -hmm. it's,
0: It's just insane. So, uh, one thing I love to geek out about on this podcast, when I talk to somebody else who writes uh, mm-hmm. is just talk about their writing process
1: mm-hmm. so
0: for uh, I mean you have tri race boards and sticky notes a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. I have the same thing that I cleared out uh because <laughs> it would be really scary to people
1: embarrassing uh, I know <laughs> yeah <laughs> really really scary
0: <laughs> like I'm not insane or tracking a serial killer I'm just <laughs> oh
1: that's funny and now I really want to see it
0: <laughs> it's a bit much oh. uh, but what yeah what's your what's your writing process i always think that's the the coolest thing to hear about another writer is is how they attack you know i know you talked about writing scenes initially and kind of breaking things apart from there
1: yeah yeah, and that was that was before it was total chaos yeah (laughs) Um, and my friend who was a novelist, she sort of, she showed me, you know, I'd never seen that side. I would go into writer's rooms uh, when I was on shows and see like their color coding, like characters and their, uh, episodic codes and all that stuff. But, uh, but I still was just like, Oh, that's cool. I see my name. Yay. You know, like whatever I didn't know. But then, um, I saw the poster, she, she brought out a poster board and then she said, you know, like she tracked the, the storylines of these characters and like where our character would go. And then we went through the whole season or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that m- makes a lot of sense. Like maybe I should think about that. And um sorry, my dog's whining. She really wants to walk. Um, oh. and sorry. <laughs> um, I, I swear she's healthy and fine. She's just she's whining. She's a, yeah. <laughs> she's a cry baby. Um, anyway. Um, and she hears me laughing and she wants to be a part of it. Um, so sorry. So then, uh, The last thing I did was a one hour drama. And it was, this was an idea that I had for a long time. So like, I'm so new to it where I just knew that I knew how it started and I knew how it ended, right? Mm. So I made sure that I had the characters. I I mean, this one I sort of did with a class. This class is called Script Anatomy. It's really great if anyone is ever looking Mm. for classes. Um, They, um, It's all remote. It was, and I did it on a Saturday for like, Six months, I think. No, four months. It was fantastic. And then they do some freebie like Q&As too. It's been a really great uh, find. So I did that with that class. And so you had the whole class sort of give you notes and all of that. And you get to also read other people's ideas and things like that. And that was a really big eye opener. And it, and it, it taught me a lot about how to not just keep things interesting and flowing because I feel like dialogue has always been my strong suit, maybe because Mm -hmm. of the acting and, and then the transition, like transitions. I was like, I don't even understand. Is this an important thing that we need to focus on? Like everybody's like, yeah, this can make you seem green or it can make you seem like a, so all these, these things. So that's one idea. And then I have this other idea and it's completely different. So, I can't tell you that I have the same writing process. I think everything has been so different mm. where this one, I don't know exactly what it is. it's mm. it's very clear to me, and I know it's a comedy. um and I, I I'm almost there, but I honestly don't know and i've I've written so many outlines um and it just hasn't clicked. And I know I cannot write those scenes yet. I know for this one, I need to really figure out what it is. Um, and really figure out the tone, because I feel like it's not something I've ever seen. Um, So I don't have a lot to, to go by. And I obviously don't want to do too much research, because I don't want to copy, you know, just subconsciously copy something. So I just feel like it's a tone that I want to dive into. And I'm not quite sure. Um, Anyway, I'm not, not sure how to explain it, but I know that my writing process is completely different for everything. I don't think I have my own process yet.
0: I love that, though. I mean, it's it just it, you're, you're you're exuding the story. There's no way to you know. I, I feel like in some ways, if you're following a certain template, it limits the amount that you're able to fully put out on the dry erase board or in your notes because you're mm-hmm. trying to think of of someone else's structure you know, mm-hmm. so it'll just kind of limit exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. And yeah. I feel like with actors, that's also the same. Um, you know, in college, it's very experimental. and And I was getting doing so well straight out of college and everything. And then I would take I took a comedy workshop, you know, for because I started testing for comedies. And so they said, Oh, let's do this very strict, very strict comedy workshop. And it was like, there's three beats per page. And it's very formulaic and everything. It's like, Okay, but is it? I mean, Hmm. that sounds like everybody's going to be doing the same thing. You know, I don't, I I get that. Let's try and do three beats a page and let's do the reversals where we're laughing and then we're straight and that's always funny. And, but if I try to follow this, your template, then mine's out the window. Like whatever I was coming up with organically is like not even available to me anymore, you know? So I think that's true about acting. And I think, and I, I did, I love acting class. I took a lot of classes with different people. Um, but I realized when I stopped, sometimes you just need a break from the classes as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, figure out who you are, what you are saying and how you say it. And that's how you say it is great. That's, you know what I mean? It. Yeah. Don't put, don't let anybody push you into expressing it in a certain way, you know?
0: Yeah, especially if you take, I don't know, if you take a certain class too long and there's a certain yes. plateau, you know, it's, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And I, I'm in that spot right now. Uh, well, are you also financially? You
1: know, just well, that's true too. It's majorly money. draining. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a lot, but, um, yeah, it, it's really, it's fun experimenting with your own work or, you know, writing something and realizing, oh, maybe I should, I should try this out, see what happens. Right. Yeah. Uh but I mean, outside of of your acting and, and your writing, and your behind the scenes work, your 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 day job, um, what what keeps you satiated in life? I mean, I know you have a lot going on, but is there anything, you know, you, including your family that you just enjoy doing to kind of bring you back down to neutral when things are really crazy?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean. I love, I just, it's my family, but sometimes they can be crazy. Too. <laughs> um, you know, I, I but no, I, I, we love spending time with each other. I love traveling. Um, love to do that more. Hmm. I have family on the East coast, so we really try to see them a lot more. Um, and I, I do love stories. I like to just watch a lot of TV. I, I yeah. love stories. Yeah. Reading. Uh, I just reread my son is reading the outsiders. Um, the, uh he's in he's in seventh grade so he's reading me outside. i go oh, i like, can i read that too and he, Yeah, he's, just, he's like i guess i read it and i was just like dang this is good <laughs> so i forgot how good this was you know
0: it's funny revisiting those you know mm-hmm. school mandated books you're like yeah
1: yeah
0: i mean catching the rye is okay when you're you know 15 and then you read it again and go oh wow what wow what? I couldn't right? appreciate any of this.
1: <laughs> right? When they just did To Kill a Mockingbird that just released, you know, in theaters or, uh, you know, on Playhouses recently, it was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Yeah. I had to read that in like freshman year, I think, you know, and it's just like, I wish I realized how good that was. This is good. I know. It's so at, good. That,
0: at that age, you're like, I just want to go home and eat and,
1: <laughs> and eight, watch some and TV 20. probably. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: I know. I know things are—they're definitely crazy, uh, you know, in the world. But also with the strike, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Uh, But looking past all that, I just want to see—you know—in the next, let's say, the next two years or so, what you want to accomplish professionally. If you have a goal in mind, or if there's something you're really aiming for.
1: Yeah, I I would love to get this one show. um, I wrote it for myself. And I'd love to, the one that I wrote to, to be the lead and and work on that. I would just love to um, produce and work in front of the camera and behind the camera on one project. Sounds sounds really fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, You better bring a lot of caffeine.
1: yeah 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 for sure you know what though when you're having that much fun you barely need it you That's really true. barely need that kind of caffeine i need the caffeine when i'm taking the kids to school and like <laughs> you know I, I don't need the caffeine when i'm on set really
0: yeah it is kind of crazy how that happens right i'm okay. so
1: happy and excited to be there
0: yeah it's a night yeah. shoot you haven't seen the sun in a couple
1: of weeks oh, good lord i'm good i hate it. Good. i did one show no no no, no? I did one show oh <laughs> And I said, they, they were coming back second season and I go, are we doing night shoots again? Cause it was like one of those creepy horror shows. And they said, yeah, I said, no, I'm out. I can't, I cannot do the night shoots. Really? No, <laughs> not like as a whole season, you know, some, seasons, yeah, that is some shows like just yeah. it's, it's a night show, you know? Yeah, that's not for me. I love You're to watch. To I love it. to watch those dark things. But heck, no. My brother um, the, is a cop, and he does graveyard shifts. and He loves working nights. Really? He's <laughs> old, yeah, he's oh like forty, God. right? Like, are doesn't, you? Nuts? Yeah, doesn't
0: that affect your your brain chemistry later? Yeah, like yes. things are thrown off by that after a while. Yes. Oh, I bet his his chief loves him though. Like, oh, you're gonna take <laughs> another <laughs> cool six months. You're good. We-
1: <laughs> Great, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Um, I, I it's funny. I almost had a moment of you know, hey, let's let's see what your favorite TV show is. Not going to talk about. I that. know, I uh, love it. I
1: know <laughs> I've slipped a couple times and said some some things. but It's hard. It's, oh it's, no, it's, it's our lives. We love talking yeah. about this stuff. Yeah, it's, we have we to. It. It's like.
0: You have just a weird roundabout way of saying you worked with somebody, but you can't say what the name of it is, which, you know, out of respect, perfectly okay. Um, But I do want to push into uh, your party story. So this is the part of the episode where, you know, we kind of dive into something that stands out in your career that you would easily tell friends at a party. And I just wanted to see if you had anything uh, that came to mind.
1: Can, I do love that Edward for a long story. I find that one to be. Um, that one is great. <laughs> a good. But there's, I have this, I have, I have so many like fun, but I, there, there's one that comes to mind recently. Um, and it was right before the pandemic it was the last thing I actually worked on. And it was um, Angela Bissett and she, uh, we could figure out what the, sh- the show is, but yeah. it, I was working with a group of people that I was like, and I, I think it was only there for two days. And, um, and it was Angela Bissett, Peter Krause, who I'm totally obsessed with as well. Ronda Rousey, you, you'll figure it out. Oh, you okay. guys yep. can figure it out. And I am obsessed with these people for so many different, like I i love martial arts. I love watch, watching martial arts. I'm a huge fan of Ronda Rousey and she's here. And I started talking to her I'm having the best day. And then I talked to Angela, Miss Bassett. I was just like, I am, it is such an honor to be in this scene with you. I just, I, I just want to say, you know, and I, I don't, I want to tell all viewers and all people, nobody hates hearing that. So if you ever work with someone who you absolutely love, tell them if it's the right time. Like, please don't be shy because it also breaks the ice and like. So, so we had a wonderful conversation. And I had this epi- um, uh, Never mind, I was going to say what the episode was called, <laughs> but it's, it's, um, <laughs> because it tells about how I was supposed to act in it, and, um. The director was so lovely and she comes over and she's like i just want you to go like ape shit basically like i just want you to go beyond what you think you're capable of or whatever and i was just like oh i'm not ready like i i wasn't prepared to go ape shit today you know what i mean like i yeah, should have been lot, prepared yeah. but i was just like okay, okay okay um so so i'm just kind of like f- figuring it out myself whatever and angela Bissett comes over to me and she just starts talking to me and she's like, you know, and then, you know, the way she speaks and she's very passionate and that's really how she is. And she's just talking to me and she's like, you know, all the things that I already knew as an actor, but to see Angela Bissette in my face going, she did this to you. And like, and then she looks at me like, how does that make you feel? And I'm looking at her, like mirroring her expression. And I'm like, yeah, that makes me feel upset, Angela. Like I was like, yeah. And she's like, now go, like do it. But like, real, you know, and she was really helping me in this scene. Angela Bassett helping me in this scene. And I'm like, two days of work, and I did this scene. And even Ronda Rousey was just like, she almost laughed because I went crazy. And she was just like, I'm so sorry, I laughed. And I was like, No, I. It's it was a crazy scene. And I went up to Angela and I gave her a big hug. And she's like, I knew you could do it. And I was just. I've never met her before in my life. And she was just the most supportive, most beautiful human I had literally ever seen. I mean, her skin is like, beaut- she's just a beautiful human. And I will, I want to say one more thing about her. My, my scene partner in that scene was being wheeled out, like on a gurney. And there were some steps on the set. And Angela is like, pacing she's kind of like watching she she has nothing to do with this sort of stunt issue but she we are in the scene but it wasn't even on us and they're setting it up and she kind of is pacing like looking at how they're wheeling this gurney up and uh down the step and and she goes I can see her just shaking her head shaking her head I thought maybe she was doing some internal work or something and she's she comes up to the step she puts her foot down and just stands there because it looked like it would have been sort of like a um like unsafe for the actress. I could see that she thought, This is not and she didn't even have to say anything, but she was like, I'm not gonna let this happen. And they ended up taking her off a gurney and putting her on a wheelchair to make it safer and they rolled her down it. Like it was she's just like looking out for everyone. It was just the coolest experience. Mm-hmm. I, I just mm-hmm. saw her and I was like, This is this is a hero like in our industry. This is someone who loves the craft, loves, loves, every, it's in her pores. You know what I mean? Like she was there for other people's safety. She didn't have to be loud about it. She literally didn't say anything. She just gave them a look like, no, nope, you're not going to do this right now. And then they were like, yeah, maybe this is unsafe. Yeah.
0: I, we need more, more artists like that in, in yeah. those, you know, leading positions on set.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Everybody just sort of like, it trickled down and she, um, everybody just respects themselves and the art and her and every, when they're around her, you know, you just level up when you're around her. People wow. like that. Yeah. It was very cool.
0: I mean, seeing her on screen, there's this. Mm ethereal aura to her i can't even imagine
1: Such it power. in person yeah 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 and she's uh, she's little like she's really? a small person yeah and you're just like wow you exude so much power it's
0: oh amazing. see i could have swore like yeah she's got to be six foot two
1: six right? foot <laughs> so, wow. seriously no i'm not certain exactly how tall she is but yeah no she she was surprisingly just a Petite little woman. (laughs) It it was so much strength and beauty. Yeah, it was very cool.
0: (laughs) Well, this is a perfect segue into one of our our last questions. And that's Mm -hmm. if you have any advice you could pass on to our Mm -hmm. listeners. Um, Doesn't have to be about acting. Could be about anything, but maybe something you've held on to during your career that you could pass on to somebody else.
1: Yeah, well, I think, um, gosh, I, I just think I can express this right now because of my last few years is, and it sounds like a cliche, but really I think just be true to yourself and not anybody's or even your past idea of what success is, what your truth is. Hmm. And it can be smaller or bigger than your original idea, but I think your original idea can change.
0: Oh yeah, that's... Yeah, the last few years, that's that's a very pertinent piece of advice to hang on to.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: it's been a little crazy, just a little bit, you know, nothing, just a little bit, yeah, nothing historical or anything like that. But uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I love know. that. Um, and along with that, I, I know some people have different things they they like to promote or give a shout out to. But uh, if there's a maybe a charity or an, an organization that you'd really like to give a shout out to for the episode, I'd I'd love to put it in the show notes.
1: Oh, I don't. I love that you ask that, though. I really do. I just think I think, and I don't have anything specifically mm-hmm. right now, but I think that if we could keep our eyes and hearts and ears open to what's going on, you know, in Israel and Palestine, I think that's probably the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. The
1: best sort of charity work we could do and find. I, and I know we're all just waiting to see what they need and what we can do. I just want to go over there and take some babies home. To be honest, I mm-hmm. can't even take these these images anymore. Um, but I think let's just keep our just keep our hearts open to what's going on over there.
0: Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause I, I don't think there's a whole lot of people who are vocalizing that. You know, it's just uh mm. sharing, which I mean exposing and sharing something on social media is one way to do it. But you know, to mm. to put it out there is a whole nother thing too. So if you're listening, uh please stay tuned to that and see what you can do because it is it's horrific. Uh, yeah. it's interesting because you you think oh nothing can get worse (laughs) and then these things keep happening and it's just it's insane so I appreciate you bringing that up uh it needs more exposure um and uh, I I don't have any other segue to the last part of our show which is a little (laughs) bit goofy uh I do want to first say you know thank you so much for for being on the show I I have one more thing to do before we stop the the actual recording portion of it. Uh, but I do want to say just like thank you for your time. First and foremost, this has just been the quickest 50 minutes.
1: Oh, thank you. I Zoom. can't believe it's been 50 minutes. <laughs> oh, thank you for I having oh me. God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this has is been a bit of blast. Uh, the last thing we do on the show is what I like to call an awkward goodbye. Uh, oh. It is from a film with Mike Myers and Dana Carvey that I won't <laughs> mention uh (laughs) that's where the inspiration came from but essentially i'll just do a silent three to one countdown and when i point to you just give us your best verbal and visual awkward goodbye and i will stop the recording from there does that sound good
1: oh god yes this is funny no
0: pressure no pressure just picture we're in the room
1: (laughs) yeah right right exactly
0: (laughs) just surround yourself (laughs) all right here we go and don't even think about it just throw it
1: away three Uh Uh two What? Hey, I want to.